Hello everyone and welcome to the Old Ways for the New Age podcast where we are embracing ancient ways of being and opening our hearts to the magic of everyday life. I am your host Christy, founder of Bohemian Farmhouse and Midnight Kid. In this show we will discuss topics like living slowly with ritual and with reverence for the earth and our bodies, herbal wisdom and plant spirit stories. Join us as we romance the ordinary, re-enchant our own lives with plant magic and get ourselves back to the garden. Hello everyone and welcome to the Old Ways for the New Age podcast. Today's episode we will be discussing Blue Lotus. Yesterday I sat down to record what I had scheduled for this week and I was going to talk about flower essences. However, as I was talking and going through all my notes, I realized I was bored and all my many gens out there will understand that unless it excites you, it's not right. And I kind of bumbled through for half the day. Logically, I thought flower essences are going to be an amazing thing to feature on the podcast. And yes, it makes sense from a logical standpoint to talk about that sort of thing, of course. And in reality, flower essences and water science fascinate me endlessly. However, when I was talking about it, I just didn't feel that bodily drop-in, excited, got the juices going kind of feeling. So I've switched it up and I thought, well, what am I going to talk about? And I really do enjoy talking about the, the plant spirit magic profiles. And of course, I'd always planned to go through as many as I could. But I thought, what would be the next one in my list that would excite me? And Blue Lotus just stood out. And I think one of the reasons why Blue Lotus really stood out for me was the fact that it just has so many myths and stories attached to it. That's what really gets me excited is looking back at all the different moments in history where the plants have actually touched us and touched our ancestors in ways of spirit and magic. It makes me feel connected to the past and to my ancestors. It makes me feel connected to time being more of that non-linear way of being. And, and so on a bodily spiritual sense that makes more sense to me to talk about so I'm just going to follow that and my many gens out there any generators as well you know you do what lights you up so I'm hoping you'll understand what I'm talking about (laughs) when I say that anyway so the other thing I wanted to share first off is you may have noticed that there are fields of what many call dandelions at the moment. When I was 19, I was living in a beautiful post-war cottage with my older brother. He had bought it. He bought it out of steel, by the way, and renovated it with my family. (laughs) And we moved in and the backyard was full of yellow dandelions. And I remember my mum always saying to me that they're bedwetters. So that was a term that she learned from her mum and probably her mum learned from her mum. 
And I just wanted to make sure everyone knows that those beautiful yellow flowers that everyone is calling dandelions are not the dandelions that you would use medicinally. So they're actually called cat's eyes and you can distinguish the two very easily by looking at the leaf. So a cat's eye leaf is going to have a bit of fur on it and it's a bit rounder at the top and the leaves don't look really edible because of the, the, the hairy furry look on them. And a true dandelion has a leaf that's very clustered at the base and nice dark green and it looks edible it looks like something that you would chuck in your salad so that's a very easy way to distinguish between the two when i was 19 what i actually did was i dug up all these dandelions well what i thought were dandelions in the backyard and i thought i'm going to make myself some dandelion coffee <laughs> so i cut up the roots and i dried them i dried them in the oven because i was worried about them actually going moldy this was at a time when it was quite wet, like it is now. And I roasted them and I hand ground them in my mortar and pestle. And then I made a cup of coffee. And at each stage, there was something in me just thinking, this isn't right. There's something wrong here. The smell isn't right. The feel isn't right. And I think I brought the cup up to my lip. Um, and I don't think I took a sip, but I definitely smelled it and I maybe pressed it to my lips and everything inside of me was just screaming, don't, don't, don't. So I didn't. And later on, of course, I found out that that was, that was cat's eyes and not true dandelion. So I think plant identification is very important, obviously. And the thing is that my mother called them dandelions because her mother called them dandelions because her mother called them dandelions. And bedwetters is a reference to the fact that they're a diuretic and there was just some confusion there and there has been some confusion collectively because we weren't using the plant medicinally. It was just an offhand reference, oh, they are dandelions because they look like dandelions. So this is just one example of how that sort of knowledge can get lost but also how if you listen to your inner knowing, listen to your body and don't just assume that the information that you're given is correct, that you can actually realize the right path to tread down. So this actually happens a lot and I have a floristry background so I know that lots of different plants and flowers actually have lots of different common names and it's very easy to get them confused and that is why we have Latin names for the plant. So as much as you can work on plant identification, really study the plant. I mean this is a beautiful way to get to know the plant anyway. So really study it, look at it, how it's growing, look at the texture of the leaf, look at how many flowers are along the stem and the smell of it, the feel of it. And if you can find out the Latin name, because that will really help, especially if you're buying your plants dried. And that's what brings us to Blue Lotus. And this is why I bring it up, because there are two different sacred lotuses and they're both called sacred lotuses. And they're both called blue lotus and they are vastly different and there's a lot of confusion right now as to which one is which so we're going to go through that today before we get stuck into all the exciting parts about blue lotus so the blue lotus that we are interested in today 
is Nymphaea cerulea. So the key point here to remember is the Nymphaea, nymph, and we'll come back to that later. What you can see often is the sacred lotus, which is sacred to India, called Nalumbo nusfara. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's a tricky one, that one. So then the Nalumbo is actually just the water lily, and you can really tell a difference when you get them dried. So the sacred lotus from India is it's a lot thicker, the petals are a lot bigger, and they're actually a pale, dusty lilac. So when we're talking about blue lotus, it is a true blue. It is it is very vivid and the petals are quite small and they're whisper paper thin. And they'll have little bits of yellow in them as well. So don't get the two confused because they are vastly different and they do very, very, very different things. If you see Nalumbo nucifera being sold as blue sacred lotus, it's not the blue lotus that we're talking about today. Okay, so let's talk about Nymphaea cerulea. Blue lotus has a really unique scent. So the essential oil kind of has an aroma like like a musky aroma, but with sweet undertones. So a lot of people kind of get this like, oh, it's like a berry, but it's a musky berry almost. It's a really unique fragrance. And I think people pick up on different notes and at different times, um, depending on their emotional states, which is really interesting as well. And the petal itself is much more subtle, obviously, um, but it, it has more of like a a floral to it as well which kind of doesn't come through in the essential oil and to touch the the dried petals is oh, it's something else really they're so whisper thin they're so delicate and dainty and really really soft and if you press too hard they'll just crumble into dust the history of blue lotus can be traced back 3,000 years to ancient Egypt. So in ancient Egypt, the Egyptians held blue lotus in a really high regard. It was one of their sacred flowers. You see it in all of their artwork everywhere, in the hieroglyphs, carvings, everywhere, artifacts. Nearly every ancient temple there is will feature blue lotus somewhere. They even devoted a deity to it. So the deity's name is Nephitim, the god of the blue lotus. And not only was this deity devoted to blue lotus, but the ancient Egyptians actually considered that the blue lotus was an incarnation of the god himself. So that means that they believed that the, the whole plan, the whole magical plan, was an incarnation of that divinity. When they opened Tutankhamun's tomb in 1922, they found, I mean, obviously they found heaps and heaps of representations of blue lotus on the walls and the carvings, and they found actual dried blue lotus flowers, and his actual body was layered when they opened the sarcophagus. His actual body was just layered in blue lotus petals. So why would they treasure this flower? When blue lotus grows, the roots dig deep into the murk and the mud, the stem comes up through the murky waters up to the surface and then the leaves and this beautiful flower opens to the sky. And that represents the fact that the blue lotus can act as like a bridge to the underworld and the above world. So that's 
one of the ways that it can kind of thin the veil between the two worlds and provide us with a connection. And I really enjoy the fact that because it grows in the water and it connects the water and the earth and the air and the fact that the flower is like the flames, it's kind of like it, it brings all four elements into the flower and I really like that. And the fact that we get the lily pads as well on the water and if you want to get from one to the other, it's kind of like, you know, you can imagine jumping on the lily pads to get to the other side. And that's another reference to that bridge quality that it has of like living in the liminal, but bridging the two realities together. So blue lotus is actually a hypnotic. It's an aphrodisiac, a euphoric. It can be calming and sedative and it's used in meditations. Now, the ancient Egyptians would actually infuse blue lotus petals into their wine and then they would drink that and they would use it in sex rites and sex rituals as well as normal rituals as well and that's because of its aphrodisiac qualities as well so a lot of people these days use it for that sort of hypnotic that sort of like mild high that it gives and it definitely releases tension and puts your body into a nice into a nice relaxed state and a low dose is, is subtle and it's enjoyable. A higher dose can actually get you into sort of like a ecstatic trance-like state. And if you use Blue Lotus a lot, you'll know that you don't have it before you go to bed because it will give you really vivid dreams. I mean, if you want that, sure, do that. But if you need a good night's sleep, definitely do not do that. And one of the beautiful things about Blue Lotus, though, is that you never feel sort of out of control and it's it's more of just a heightened awareness of the other. So it, it kind of acts like a link to our subconscious and gives us this sort of like dream-like effect whilst we're awake. And just like hopping on the lily pads, it's almost like you can... You can hop between the two states, that more sort of conscious mind and subconscious mind, whilst you're taking Blue Lotus. So when I say vivid dreams, what am I meaning by vivid dreams? So you'll notice that there's just more colour. You're more engaged in the story of the dream. Some people actually do become lucid dreamers with it, which means you're in control of your dream. And you'll just notice that, yeah, they're more, more colourful, more vibrant and the stories are more involved in your dreams it's kind of like going from a black and white movie with no talking to the movies that we see today with color and talking as for its aphrodisiac properties the compound that you find in blue lotus that actually contributes to this is apomorphine and this has been known to treat erectile dysfunction. Now, in the 1820s, a papyrus was discovered, which later became known as the Turin Papyrus, dates back to 1150 BC. And in it, it features women with the lotus flowers over their heads, and it contains an erotic scene. And it's really funny because it caused such a scandal when it was found that it was hidden for 150 years. However, it's one of our main indicators that the ancient Egyptians used blue lotus as a aphrodisiac. So blue lotus also has an alkaloid called nusiferine in it, 
And you'll actually find this in both Blue Lotus and also the Sacred Lotus of India, the Nalumbo Lotus. So this alkaloid is actually an anti-inflammatory and it's been reported to have antipsychotic properties. And it's been suggested that it might play a role in the treatment of depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. So you definitely get a feeling of tranquility when you use Blue Lotus oil. I think it's, it's one of the main reasons that Blue Lotus has developed the reputation and the use that it has throughout history. Sure, it has those beautiful alkaloids and compounds within it. The chemistry of the plant is amazing. It can do so much for our bodies, but it's just, it's more what it, how it makes us feel than anything else. It's that subtle euphoria. It's that tranquility that just comes over you. And it's that very important link that it gives us to our own subconscious. I'm a big believer in self-development being the way forward in this world. And I think when we can address our own issues and work on ourselves to the point where we can show up in the world from a place that's more heart-centered and lacking in judgment, I think the world will be a better place from that. So the work starts within and Blue Lotus is one of those amazing plant allies that will help us to do that because it bridges the conscious world to the subconscious and it allows us to do that work from a tranquil state. And also a little interesting side note, I keep saying bridge and the reason why I keep saying bridge is because priest or priestess, the root of that word actually means bridge. The whole point of being a priest or a priestess is to do that work of the blue lotus, to bridge the two worlds, to act as that link between the two worlds, to thin the veil. And I really love that blue lotus does that for us so that we can all be our own priestesses or priests. So if you're interested in using blue lotus, a really beautiful way to use it is the essential oil dabbed on your third eye, petals in the bath. I'm a big fan of petals in the bath regardless of the plant as well. <laughs> That's one of my best ways to get to know the plant. Something about the water and the petals and the fact that the petals are infusing their compounds into the water and they're just swimming around you. There's definite magic in that, for me at least. And you can drink a blue lotus tea you can do as the ancient Egyptians did and infuse some petals into some wine. I wouldn't do it for very long. I would probably only do it for an hour or so and then sieve them off and drink them. I actually use Blue Lotus a lot before meditation and that's what I do. I just dab a little bit of the oil onto my third eye. Um, some people actually use it as well as a smoking alternative so to help them quit tobacco it's featured in a lot of blends for that and i think that's because of its relaxing sort of euphoric quality as well and just be prepared be prepared for the messages that might come through for you be prepared for the fact that you are delving into your subconscious with it and sometimes that might feel a little scary but i think the beauty of blue lotus is the fact that it will hold you so beautifully whilst you traverse that rain. I kind of imagine it as 
what it would feel like if you were weightless and you were laying down on the lily pads and just being held like that. So I hope you all enjoy using Blue Lotus and getting stuck into it and make sure you buy the right one. <laughs> and thank you so much for listening today. Have a great week. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. I know your time is sacred and special and I really appreciate you spending yours with me. Thank you and until next time, bye.